0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here is your host, it's Mr. Carl Stebbings.
1: So, hello and welcome to episode number fifty-two of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings, and joining me in my kitchen studio this week is Matt Smith. Hello, Matt. Good morning. And how's Matt? He's all right. Yeah, feeling much better. Thank you. Yes, you are. You're a lot, lot, <laughs> I've lot got better. Colour in my face and everything now. Oh, no, he's yeah. he's much Much more uh, healthier. Yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, loads to get through this, yes, busy uh, this show. episode. Busy show. We've yeah. uh, we've actually have pre-recorded an interview with uh, our guest for this week. Yeah. Um, which we've we've got to uh, add uh, later in editing. We should do that. that. We've got some uh, news stories to go through, a few news stories, and and we're going to kick those off, as we always do uh, at the start of the show, then with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt, let's do this. Let's do this. Kicking off uh, this week's first news story, then, uh, something that uh, hit the news this week, mm. uh, and that was an incident at LaGuardia Air- Airport uh, in the States uh, with a Delta Air- Airlines uh, Boeing MD-88, which skidded off the runway and raised up onto a seawall. Uh, this happened at New-, uh, New York's LaGuardia Airport on the 5th of uh, this week. Preliminary reports indicate some minor injuries and the carrier says a recent media update without providing additional details, passengers deplaned and moved to the terminal on buses. Uh, Delta adds that there was a fuel leak from one of the wings. Delta also uh, confirms there are 127 passengers and five crew on the MD-88. Registration November 909, Delta Lima. Uh, Earlier, Delta had said there were 125 customers and five crew aboard. The extent of the injuries remain unknown and hospitals near LaGuardia Airport did not immediately respond when asked if they were treating passengers. The National Transportation Safety Board, or the NTSB, has started investigating into the cause of the accident. News of the crash, which occurred at around about 11 o'clock local time on the 5th of March, spread quickly as passengers on the MD-88 tweeted pictures of the aircraft in a nose-up attitude, with its nose resting on a snowy embankment. In one of the uh, pictures of the aircraft, its nose appears to be extended over the water on the far side of the embankment. The accident happened during a snowstorm, and uh, the National Weather Service uh, says uh, the storm itself uh, dumped uh, nearly six inches or 15 centimeters of snow, and eight inches uh, on New York by the uh, seven o'clock that evening. And visibility was reduced to 0.25 miles or 0.4 kilometers. No, Matt, you can see the picture yourself in there yeah. in front of you on uh, on the Flight Global site. I mean, uh, blimey, <laughs> that that came very close to being in the sea. It did. Um,
0: yeah, that's not. I don't, I don't know how that. It skid suppose, off well, they, 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 they are experiencing very extreme weather, aren't they? Oh, or definitely, maybe, definitely. I mean, yeah, the, 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 that's 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 the only thing, just whether the runway hadn't been prepped properly or what. Well, I guess we we won't know until the report comes out. But.
1: We we I mean, like we said before in previous shows, yeah. I mean, they in in the states they have snow and yeah, we have, have snow.
0: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That still makes
1: me laugh. That's good, that's good. Oh
0: dear. Anyway, on to the next story. This is uh, on the Independence website and it's my favourite airline. It's a story to do with Ryanair. Ryanair announcing new aircraft interiors and crew uniforms among raft of changes announced for 2015. So Ryanair will roll out new aircraft interiors and uniforms as well as allowing passengers to cancel booking in in its latest wave of customer service improvements. The announcement... Announcements were made at the launch of a new customer charter and year two of its Always Getting Better campaign in London today. The new Boeing Sky interiors will include more destination images, more blue and less yellow tones, as well as increased legroom, according to the airline's chief marketing officer, Kenny Jacobs. They will roll out from March with slimline seats arriving from October. Other improvements for 2015 will include reducing airport check-in fees from €70 to €40 and allowing customers to cancel their flight bookings at a price of €15. Per segment within 24 hours of booking from May of this year. Ryanair also plans to introduce a new hold a fare feature to its website and mobile app, enabling customers to hold fares for up to 24 hours for a fee of 5 euros from June. The airline is also planning a new insurance product to replace the current frustrating drop down opt out from September. I must admit that's something I st- stumble across a lot when I'm booking with them, which is a real pain, because you have to opt out, otherwise it just assumes yeah, that, you're that you have you want their it, insurance. Yeah. A family insurance product is also a possibility, Jacobs has said. The changes would not result in fare increases for passengers, Jacobs confirmed, nor would they see the airline losing its famous edge. We're still going to have a sex pistols attitude, he says, not a vanilla, you're never going to see us be boring. Uh, Michael O'Leary's Ryan Ryanair CEO described the airline's customer service charter as a series of promises designed by himself and the Ryanair team, and it promises it will deliver uh, changes to live by in the coming years. So this is quite exciting, really. I, I just it's uh, any imprisonment I mean, we all use them use them because they are a very a, a cheap and affordable way of getting about. I mean, it's, exactly. Yeah. And if they're changing
1: all these new interiors and stuff, yeah, it's uh, a little bit less garish. Very be, excited uh, by the
0: word more legroom. More legroom. Yeah, more legroom.
1: <laughs> so moving on then to our next story then. Yeah. Uh, and this one on Travel Weekly, uh, Southend Airport passengers, uh, passenger numbers hit 1.09 million. Uh, Passengers using Southend Airport increased by 9% to 1.09 million in 2014, with capacity now available to handle 5 million a year. The figures were released today in a trading statement from parent company Stobart Group. The company admitted that passenger numbers on existing operations are likely to be slightly lower in the next six months. However, discussions with existing airlines and a number of new airlines should together bring strong, sustainable growth in volumes in the coming years, Stobart said. Airlines are uh, attracted by the peak time capacity availability uh, availability and super fast point to point travel experience. We are also uh, exploring revenue opportunities in non-passenger related activities from the unused land not required for the airport operation. Regional carrier Stobart Air, in which Stobart Group owns 45%, uh, increased passenger carryings for 18 consecutive months from December 2014. Stobart Group Chief Executive Andrew Tinkler, Chief Executive Officer, said, Our investment in London Southend Airport is now largely complete and we are well placed to grow the profitability of that business. The airport serves over 1 million passengers a year, and as a result of uh, our recent investment, now has uh, capacity in its terminal to serve 5 million passengers a year. So, Southend Airport, there, Matt, an airport we said earlier on before mm. we re- started recording that yeah. we'd both like to try and yeah, uh, try absolutely. the airport and see what that's yeah.
0: like. I'm just, just reading the good, good old Wikipedia here. I'm just uh-huh. reading this. is During the 1960s, Southend was London's third busiest airport. That's quite scary, isn't that it? So is this is obviously scary. sort of trying to get itself back to to where it was. Uh, it remained London's third busiest airport in terms of passengers handle until the end of the 1970s, when the role of London's third airport passed to Stansted. So it's so it's got a real pedigree here for being a being a you know a, a major player. I think it's uh, and with certainly with EasyJet operating out of there quite a lot. And I think there's some um, is it Air Lingus I think also fly out of there. Um, and Stobart, Stobart, or Stobart, um, Stobart.
1: as yeah. most people will know yeah. in the UK, is the a, a <laughs> massive, huge lorry haulage yeah. Yeah, company. Yeah, indeed. Um, and they own the actual a, building, don't yes, they? Yes, yeah. yes. And they have their own own airline. No, um, oh, do they? Um, oh, we well, didn't know that. It's part of, uh, I think it's part of Flybe, if I'm not, if oh, I'm right. not I'm I'm your, Yeah, oh, I can't good. remember now. It's.
0: My mind, we've just just finished a massive interview (laughs) with someone and my mind's all amiss. Indeed. Anyway, next story. This is on the Mail Online and the headline is 7 of the 10... Most expensive airport car parks in the world are right here in the UK. And I can't say I'm surprised. (laughs) Airport parking in the UK is officially the most expensive in the world. Five of the airports servicing London, that's London City, Gatwick, Heathrow, Luton and Stansted. And also Edinburgh and Manchester airports feature in the top 10 most expensive airports for parking across the globe. With London City Airport topping the leaderboard at £315 a week. That's that's more than the holiday, sure. That's, that's, that's a holiday abroad. <laughs> Indeed. In many cases, uh, that that may be more than the total price of the holiday that was actually booked. Uh, even when booked in advance, a week's parking at London City is twice the price of New York's JFK Airport and nearly three times that of the cost of parking at Tokyo International Airport, research by JustPark.com has discovered. Parking ripoffs are not only suffered by holidaymakers leaving their cars at the airport while travelling abroad. Those collecting friends and family from airports are also being charged extortionate amounts of short-term park for short-term parking, paying £15 for between one and two hours at London City Airport and £12 at Heathrow, following London City International's uh, rankings. Uh, it, it is at London Heathrow where it, it costs an average of £167 a week to park. The UK dominance is broken as Sydney enters in the third spot. Parking there for seven days costs around £138. But that is still like... That's huge. It's <laughs> that so much money. I don't know. I, I mean,
1: like, yeah, for that price, I mean, they're the sort of prices you pay for the meet and greet or the yeah. ones where they clean your car yeah, when you, uh, it comes when you back, get back At least home. it comes back shiny. Then, shiny and stuff. Yeah. That's just a huge amount of
0: money. Yeah. I, I can't say I'm surprised, though. This doesn't actually surprise me, if I'm brutally honest. It's... Uh... It's uh, one of those things. But where we live, you've got no choice. You've got to drive to these places, really. Cause- See,
1: the business we need to be in, Matt, is mm. the uh, land-owning business near airports. Indeed. <laughs> you know, make, a you know, make a fortune. Open your own car park. But this is the problem. They're
0: taking advantage of the fact that, that you cut. because let's be honest. If you've got a, if you've got a 6 a.m. flight – you can't go by public transport to Stansted Airport no, from no. here because the first train out of out of Beckles is at five o'clock in the morning. Mm. So, with the best bill in the world, you're going to be lucky if you could get there for sort of you know sort of half eight, maybe half nine, if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to allow what two hours? I think it yeah. is for European yeah, flights in yeah, long yeah. haul. Long haul, I think, is still three, isn't it? Mm. So, you know, you, you want to use public transport because you don't want to be parking your car. There, but you have got no choice. Or just get a friend to take you there. Yeah. is the only other option. But yeah, I know, but then you take that into consideration. By the time okay. they've driven there and driven back. Fuel and costs and stuff. Fuel costs and things. You're probably not... That's probably where they get the price from, actually. It's probably not far off, you mm-hmm. know, wh- how much it's cost you to park there. So you think, well, I might as well just have the convenience of of having my car waiting for me when I get there.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to definitely uh, search the internet when I get to park yeah, we'll we'll our parking for our next yeah. holiday, I think. Absolutely. Next story then. Yep. Moving on. The independent uh, website, this one. And... Mm. Uh, BA flight British Airways uh, flight BA49 from Heathrow lands safely after declaring a mid-air emergency. Uh, A British Airways transatlantic jet has returned safely to Heathrow after declaring a mid-air emergency over the Scottish Highlands. BA flight 49 to Seattle took off from Heathrow shortly after 2:30 p.m. uh, with the uh, 218 passengers and 14 crew on board. Nearly an hour into the flight, while the uh, 777 was uh, above Rannoch Moor, a technical problem led the pilots to turn around. It's understood the problem related to the cabin pressurisation system, and some reports suggest that the crew were using oxygen masks. The aircraft transponder transmitted the International Emergency Code, which uh, those pilots out there will know is 7700. Despite a number of possible uh, diversionary airports such as Glasgow, Edinburgh and Manchester, the captain decided to return to Heathrow. The plane lost altitude and circled over the RSC to dump fuel before returning to the airport. It landed on uh, the northern runway at Heathrow shortly before 5pm. It's understood the captain declared a pan, one level short of a mayday, indicating a serious problem but not a life or death emergency. A British Airways spokesman told the Independent the aircraft landed safely and their highly trained pilots returned to Heathrow as a precaution after a suspected technical fault. The safety of our customers and crew is always our top priority. And as is normal for an aircraft uh, that declared an emergency, BA-49 was given priority to land over other arriving aircraft that were forced to hold um, at one of the most peak times for that airport. So uh a, sl- a slight uh, issue there but handled as always uh, with uh, good British uh, diligence They're just
0: they're just being a bit vague about what the actual technical because they don't actually indicate what they no. what even what they think I don't the think they want. They don't was. want to blind all us with uh, with science. I think. I thought that so. was what we were here for. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we'd
1: like to keep things simple. Indeed.
0: Yeah, I know. But we'd like to know quite what it was. So it's obviously not life, life or
1: death. But a pressurisation system problem. I mean, I mean that's um, that could be that could be fairly fairly serious. Yeah. Um, but if it was a, a slight technical fault, they, mean, they would have. To, you know, Obviously. Yeah. Got
0: to, to, to um care. And why go back to Heathrow rather than because? Presumably, the other airports that they recommended were bigger, were were, were yeah. big enough to handle. Well, they that had to burn aircraft. off fuel as well, so that
1: that uh, was a bit of um, oh. you know, the time time oh. killing and stuff as well, and circling over the sea to burn off that fuel, right, to make themselves a lot less okay. heavier for landing. But a good outcome anyway from that. Yeah, and, uh, Yeah, good good end. Well, to that as story. I
0: say, stay tuned for further developments. I think is. The, the way forward that. The uh, the final story then are on our, our news roundup and that's, this is from Flight Global and the headline is BA to retrofit newer A320s with sharklet wingtips. British Airways is to retrofit some of its Airbus A320s with sharklet wingtips under a fuel efficiency programme. The scheme will initially involve 10 of the newest A320s in the airline's fleet. BA has yet to confirm when the retrofit will begin uh, but indicates that it will start the work in the next few months. This will reduce fuel burn and increase efficiency, the carrier has said. Sharklets can be fitted relatively quickly to most recent A320 airframes because their wings already meet the production standard required to accommodate the modified wing tips. Airbus has also started offering a retrofit for older A320s, which involves reinforcement of the aircraft's wing. BA said it had no immediate plans to extend the retrofit beyond the first days. Jets. The carrier has been participating in a broader scheme under parent company AI, uh, IAG to save costs on the A320 fleet by harmonising core specifications for such items as avionics, galleries and cabin crew seating. Initially covering the A320, it is being applied um, where possible to other members of the family, including the A321's for Spanish budget airline, Vueling. Uh, In its newly released annual report, IAG states that it's also creating a single specification for the group's Airbus A350s, which are on order for BA and Iberia. Oh, we were talking uh, about you, these yeah. winglets, weren't we? You were Before showing we started pictures, the show. There's yeah. they, so many different types. I, I, I'm amazed that it makes such a difference of, to fuel efficiency. And, yeah, it, it does, it's, it's is, amazing what just you know, just sort of curling out the the, the airflow, it, it just makes such a difference. It's to, all to do with
1: airflow over mm. the wings and the vortices and stuff. It, is, it helps wow. uh, with the, with the fuel economy, Indeed. as I say. But uh, it's they are pretty stunning. These um, these winglets. Yeah, they're sharp no, amazing ones stuff. Are. Amazing and the Scimitar. Now, you said that was the last story, but I have just got one more to drop have in, you? Matt. Oh. And this is well, uh, you just, would. Just, just, <laughs> just, just just for our friends uh, Steve and Grant oh, yes. over at the Plane Crazy Down Under yeah, podcast. Yeah. Um, because they have had a yeah. bit of big news this week um, yeah. yeah, over over there in Australia. And that's uh, the Qantas uh, seven four seven four hundred uh, making its final flight from Sydney to Illawarra Airport. Uh, where it's being retired now. This uh, particular 747 um, 400 is the oldest one in the fleet, uh, Qantas's fleet, and um, the uh, aircraft had a, had an extremely long flight. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's literally just a. It, it, I don't think it even got anywhere uh, near cruise uh, cruise flight from uh, or heights from uh, where it was flying from. It's uh, Qantas's first Boeing 747 400, which. Um, They had in its uh, being handed over to the Historical Aircraft Restoration Society or the HARS, dubbed the Victor Hotel Oscar Juliet Alpha. It made the headlines in 1989. Mm. Um, It made records for flying directly from London to Sydney non stop. This particular aircraft, Uh, Qantas chief executive officer Alan Joyce said, Mm. The plane is very deserving. Of a graceful retirement as a star attraction at one of Australia's most prestigious aviation museums, and uh, there's a few pictures on here. Mm. And this is on the uh, Daily Telegraph uh, yeah. dot au uh, website of uh, the what happened here.
0: The Australian version of ours. The Australian, actually, yeah.
1: But yeah. Um, the aircraft is taking uh, taking its rightful place at uh, in aviation's Hall of Fame mm. at the uh, aviation museum. And uh, the plane spent just under 15 minutes on its last journey in the air uh, from Sydney Kingsford Smith Airport. Mm. And uh, the aircraft is set to be put on public display for uh, tourists to uh, mm. to go and have a look at. That's mm. uh, good. The president of the Historical Aircraft Restoration Society, Bob Dilla Hunty, said that their members are very proud. Uh, to be able to look after Victor Hotel, Oscar, Juliet, Alpha, mm. and the plane uh, over its years of service carried more than four million passengers wow. and flew eighty-five million kilometers.
0: That's, that's a lot. That is a lot.
1: You just sort of <laughs> drop that news story yeah, in there, just for, just for you guys over there. Mm. And uh, right, so that's where we're going to bring that news segment yep. to a close. Uh, we've got just a couple of. Uh, military aviation news stories to cover yeah. uh, so if you're ready Matt yeah So just a couple of uh, military news stories, because we are slightly pushed your time
0: we up. Are, We've had a yep. busy, very busy we morning interview. Yeah.
1: So the first story on the Royal Air Force site then, and this one is regarding Exercise Western Zephyr. The Royal Air Force and the U.S. Air Force squadrons, which operate two of the world's most advanced fighter aircraft, are training together in eastern United States Dubbed Exercise Western Zephyr, the Typhoon FGR-4 multi-role aircraft operated by 6th Squadron are working closely with the F-22 Raptors of the USAF 94th Fighter Squadron to further develop the interoperability and integration of the RAF and USAF's most capable fighter aircraft. He hasn't
0: touched a drop, I promise.
1: No, no, no no, alcohol. <laughs> the RAF commander on the exercise is Wing Commander Jim Walls. And he said uh, the Western Zephyr is growing, uh, proving to be uh, the challenging and demanding exercise we expected and one which will be hugely beneficial to both the 6th Squadron and the Typhoon Squadron as a whole. Training of this uh, nature alongside our allies is essential if we are to keep the RAF at the forefront of combat air power. The Typhoon aircraft originally deployed to the United States in early January to participate in Exercise Red Flag, at the conclusion of which an aircraft flew to Joint Base Langley-Eustace in Virginia. They were supported by an RAF Voyager tanker, which transported both personnel and support equipment in addition to refueling the Typhoons en route. The weather on arrival in Virginia was a stark contrast to the Nevada, and the eastern seaboard is experiencing the worst weather in living memory. Continuing snowfall and freezing temperatures, which has seen the RAF engineers digging aircraft out of snow wow. and ice, and has, however, not disrupted the generation of daily training sorties. The senior engineering officer on 6th Squadron is squadron leader Alex Hunter, who said... The weather here is a stern challenge, even for a squadron from RAF Lossiemouth in the north of Scotland. I am very pleased at how both of the aircraft and personnel have performed, and demonstration uh, demonstrate the ability of the Typhoon Air Force Fleet to operate in extreme climate conditions. So, quite a contrast then from where they've been yeah. training um, uh, on the uh, the the uh, sorry the exercise they're on before um red flag to where they're on now with this
0: uh oh, or thing, even in lossy where obviously you know i mean the, that is the most extreme weather you can find here in the uk, in the and, UK it's still, yeah. and it's still nothing like what they're experiencing in america at the moment i mean it's crazy isn't it so moving on with the
1: last story in the military segment then
0: Yeah, last story this is the royal air force website raf.mod.uk and uh, the headline is Hawk T2 Demo Roll Team Launches at RAF Valley. Preparations have begun at RAF Valley to showcase the BAE Hawk T2 Advanced Fast Jet Trainer at air shows across the UK in 2015. Built by BAE Systems at Wharton in Lancashire, the Torque T2 is one of the most advanced fast jet training aircraft in the world. In the UK, it's operated by Six Squadron uh, Royal Air Force at RAF Valley in Anglesey. This highly capable aircraft will be displayed by Flight Lieutenant Ben Polwin and Flight Lieutenant um, Toby Keeley, both highly experienced instructors with 6th Squadron. The display, or more accurately, the roll demonstration, will showcase both the aircraft and the training developed by 6th Squadron to future Fast jet pilots in the RAF and the Royal Navy. Flight Lieutenant Keeley said, I'm honoured to be given the opportunity to represent the Royal Air Force and to showcase the Hawk T2 for the first time during this year's forthcoming display season. Our role demonstration... Aims to present the dynamic capability of the Hawk T2 and provide an insight into UK military flying training systems, giving the public and, the, and future generations of pilots an idea of what to expect during the RAF fast jet flying training. We will fly a variety of manoeuvres from close uh, formation to simulated attacks and basic air combat, exactly the type of flying our students practice to set them up for the future careers on the Typhoon, Tornado, GR4, and eventually the F-35. So far, we have spent time planning the sequence on our advanced mission planning facility and in the simulator, but I'm excited to be putting it into practice soon um, in the skies over RAF Valley and across the UK during this forthcoming summer. Excellent. We're looking forward to seeing that this year at the air shows, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I, I presume react. they'll be at um, Yes, at, hopefully at the they'll air. be
1: at REACT, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Right so it's time now then to uh, bring you our interview yeah. uh, that we took uh, early this morning yeah, with Jim, uh, with Jim Sivier, yeah. uh who is a helicopter pilot. Um, so uh, yeah he flies something a bit different to what I do. He's a he's an interesting character it has to be I said. I think I'll stick with my Cessna 150. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to bring you that interview. Yeah. No. And so our guest for this week in in the kitchen studio is Jim Sivia. Welcome to the Plain Talking UK Studios, Jim. Morning. And how's Jim this morning?
2: Marvellous. Oh, I'm
1: glad you're <laughs> glad that. So, Jim, you've joined us then because uh, you obviously um, pilot something um, that uh, well is different to a fixed wing aircraft, don't you, Jim?
0: That's a slight understatement. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a crazy interview. Isn't it, <laughs>
1: So, so Jim, you are uh, you are a helicopter pilot. I am you? indeed. Yes. And uh, what type of helicopter do you uh, do you fly mostly?
2: Mostly, I fly the Hughes three hundred. Hughes three hundred.
1: Yeah, Hughes
2: three hundred.
1: And for the benefit of the listeners, uh, what uh, particular type of helicopter is
2: that? It's a two seater, three bladed, fully articulated head, um, heli. Um, originally designed in the 1960s um, by the Americans, part of the Howard Hughes Corporation, mm-hmm. um, him, and this was all used out in uh, America for the training of the pilots going out to Vietnam. So they'd start off on the Hughes, and then they would go on to the Huey.
1: Where, does your, um, where, where did your sort of passion for aviation start then? Was it an early age or did you sort of come into this at a, a later time in life? or, um, Like most
2: people, I saw the right stuff in about 1984 on yeah. video. <laughs> uh, and I thought, oh, this is all right. I'm quite interested in this. Uh, and then it waned for a little while. And then a few years later, I, I had a fixed wing lesson. Um. Um, didn't think much of that. <laughs> And then uh, about two, three years ago, my wife got me a 20-minute trial lesson for a birthday present, uh, and that was it, really. really. I went in the Sunday for a 20-minute lesson. On the Tuesday, I was in for my first proper lesson, uh, and just under a year later, I got my license.
1: How different, massively different then, um, is it from learning fixed wing to to in a helicopter? Because obviously... They- there is a diff- massive difference between the
0: two. Well, if my radio-controlled one's anything to go <laughs> by, a <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> yeah. Um.
2: Right. Fundamental differences. I, <laughs> loaded question because. Okay, I had a very brief fixed-wing lesson. I've been up in a fixed-wing a couple of times, and in all honesty, and this is not to upset any fixed-wingers in any way, shape, or form, is when you're flying a helicopter, you've got everything going on. Mm you've got your cyclic in your right hand. Mm. You have the collective in your left hand. You have the throttle in your left hand. And you have the um, your pedals in your left and right feet. And you've got all that just to get off the ground all at the same time. Where, as <laughs> I see with a fixed wing, you're kind of... If I go down the runway at, one runway at 60 knots with a 20-degree uh, angle yeah, yeah. flaps on yeah. there... I can't do anything but take off. Now, a helicopter, when it's on the ground with the rotors going, is statically stable. Mm. I then have to make it dynamically unstable to get it up off the ground. So every time I do one thing, I will have to do potentially two or three other things at the same time. So if I raise my collective, which is down in my left hand here, if I raise that, that will change the pitch angle on my rotors. I will start to lift but as I've done that I've also got to add in some power and as I do that I will then yaw so I'll have to put in some pedal so I've got all this going on at the same time Um, so it's it's one of these things which after a while becomes easier but no two takeoffs and no two landings are the same Wow. There is always fundamentally something slightly yeah. different,
0: like air pressures and, and wind, and depending where the wind's coming yeah. from, depends how much weight
2: I've got on, how much fuel I'm carrying, wow. maybe the weight of my passenger, yeah. um, density, altitude that day, or density <laughs> pressures. So all these things will come into play the same as they do exactly in a fixed wing. There is there is never two things that are exactly the same.
1: Wow. You, you were saying to me yesterday. Um, afternoon when I was at the club yesterday you were saying how much well, how more expensive the training is to uh, for, for a helicopter license because obviously the costs involved are a lot more for me flying fixed wing it's going to be around about the eight thousand pound ish mark at the end of an uh, end of all the exams and stuff but obviously for you the the learning experience has been more expensive hasn't it uh The
2: learning experience has been crucifyingly expensive. (laughs) Uh, There's no two ways about it. It is what it is. Uh, I personally spent in the region of £40,000 just on getting that license. I have since then uh, recently gone and spent another few thousand pounds and got a type rating on a four-seater Robinson R-44 Uh, helicopter. Yeah. And i have later this year going to do the uh, Cadbury G2 rating, which is a two-seater training um, helicopter. I hope within the next couple of years to become an instructor. Part of this is being able to teach people on different types Mm. of helicopter. They are certainly the Cadbury now and the Robinson R44 are the most common types of Mm. Um, helicopter that you're going to see. And the
0: R-44, that's a four-seater, isn't it? Yeah,
2: That's the four-seater. Mm. Um, big brother of the R-22. Yeah. Cool. It does seem at the moment, for as far as I can see, is that the cabaret will potentially take over yeah. from the R-22 right. and become the training so aircraft standard. of type. Yeah. So if I get in there now, yeah. It's, yeah. it's all about options. Yeah, you sure. can't get... you. You try your best to... Future-proof yourself and think. Well, I'm investing in myself for this. Yeah. That's where I want to get at the end. What are my
0: best yeah. options? So, I mean, you, you've alluded to the to, to you're involved in training at the moment. Uh, I believe
2: um, only to the point where I can verbally give a briefing before yeah. an instructor. yeah takes the flight. I am I, nowhere yeah. near any of that yet cool. at the moment. Yeah. I'm purely the case of, right, hello, welcome. You're coming in for your yeah. trial lesson, whether it be like I had a 20-minute trial yeah. lesson, um, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Okay. You're coming in for that trial lesson. Part of the lesson is CAA require us to give you a safety briefing. Right. What to do in the unlikely event of an emergency, And uh, the second part of that is, how does a helicopter fly? Right. You've got to have some idea of what's going on. You are doing something that is fundamentally very, very fun. Mm. But also, you are up in the air. You are sitting in a machine Mm. with lots and lots of moving parts. Mm. And as we all know, and I think as any pilot will know, from day one of your training, you're always practicing for, what are my options if something goes wrong?
0: So I've turned up at, say, Eller Airfield only because mm-hmm. that's the, the one local to us. And uh, I've decided I want to have one of these trial lessons. Um, and talk me through what, what, what's involved. And I've never sat in a helicopter or anything like that. So, so what, what am I going to find in front of me when, when I get in that, that, that craft for the first time?
2: Uh, lots of wonderful dials <laughs> that mean nothing to you yeah, until you've been taught. Right, cool. Which is why you will sit there and not touch anything. You're of, yeah. to,
0: to sit there with your arms folded. <laughs>
2: it's, it's a daunting thing to anybody yeah. that's never been in sight. Yeah. We have, there. there is something in a, in a aircraft, as you know, the six-pack. That six-pack is your basic instruments. Right. They're going to be the same in a helicopter. They're going to be the same in... 747 yeah. there are those basic instruments in there that give you the information that you need wow. Wow.
1: do you tend to find uh jim that there's the the people who come to to learn to fly the helicopters at say virage where you are are they younger or sort of middle i mean is there more youngsters who come up or is it you know more people sort of my age there is an age
2: it varies in age they're Um, we've got one young guy up there at the moment. Um, We've got, it it seems to be a middle-aged man Mm. type thing. Mm. I'm not trying to profile it like that. All it comes down to is, I think personally, it's a financial
0: thing. Yeah, Yeah. And I suppose you reach that sort of age, you may be in a stronger financial position to be able to look at investing in in something like becoming a a helicopter pilot.
2: One of the other places that I... doing some training at, at the moment, has lots of younger people in yeah. there. However, this has been a huge investment from mm. parents and things mm. like that. Unfortunately, unless you join the military
0: yeah.
2: or you're sponsored in some way, it's not really going to come free. Mm. I think everybody that flies, a, especially a helicopter, yeah. has done has tried to find every way they possibly can to have it financed or find some way of doing it. But because the facilities just aren't Mm. there Mm. for helicopters because it is that much more. Mm. Um, You are basically asking um, to spend the kind of money which is equivalent of... It's a regionally, regionally. it's a really good deposit on a house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. It's quite a significant motor vehicle. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, know. there is there is no better motor vehicle than one that's in the air. I don't think. No, yeah, but, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, so where's the? I mean, what what, was, what was the sort of hours of you uh, sort of uh, air, air miles? I suppose. It? Is it the same as
1: learning the fly, where you obviously log your your hours in the you air?
2: You so Log your hours exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same. So it's it's all loggable. You've still got the standard forty five hour. Minimum
1: oh, yeah. for the license.
2: Um, yeah, for yeah. the license to study for. Some people pick stuff up quicker than yeah. other people do. Yeah. Um, there is obviously so much more to it. It may be that your navigation is—you might be able to fly brilliantly well, but your navigation is rubbish. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to spend a bit more time doing to that, and yeah. that's how it—how yeah. it all starts. Yeah.
1: The exams is the same as the fixed wing, where you've got your, like you said, you've got your meteorological, your your you uh, air law. Yeah, your meteorological stuff, your weather stuff. (laughs) Oh, weather. Weather. Yes, (laughs) Yes. and air law, and you've got uh, the radio sort of stuff and the telephone stuff. You've still got all of that today, your radio,
2: telephony, flight operators license and stuff like that, separate from the flight's um, uh, radio type bits and pieces. Um, yeah, I did seven exams. You have, I think you've got nine to do now. Nine. It's yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my commercials or studying for my commercial pilot's license at yeah. the moment. And that is 13
1: exams Gosh. to do. Are these all written exams in a, in a classroom or? Uh,
2: these are all at a designated civil aviation authority site. Right. Um, So at the first week of May, I'm going in to do the first five of those exams. Blimey. Um, Well, this is where the eye-opener has come in, because you sit there and you do your PPL and you think, right, air law, that was tough enough.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Okay. Now you get into CPL air law, um, and you've got time with the same sort of information, but they've delved into it a lot, lot more. And as you know, or anyone that's done a CAA exam of any Shape or form will know that there is that one word difference.
0: Yeah, between the answer being correct. Okay, and, so yeah.
2: now in the CPL stuff, there is maybe the one word difference, but they'll reverse the question and right. things like that, and it's oh, <laughs> it's frightening stuff. But you'll yeah. go and sit maybe five exams in one sitting. Yeah, um, come away from that, then study for another three or four months, then go and do the next exams, etc., wow. etc., et and then you've got the flying at the end yeah. of that. There is an awful lot involved in it, and mm. all the time it's you—you um, you, you just don't look at the bills. No. You just no, you kind just, of, just, yeah, yeah it, you just it, don't look. Just hand the money over. Yeah, just, yeah.
1: Just, so that's just the the learner, when you do the learning, do you find you use books or do you use a lot of uh, internet-based sort of books tutorial? and internet-based?
2: There are mm. question banks, mm. um, which you can use. Those question banks, for example, the last couple of days I've been uh, been studying principles of flight. On the subsonic area of the principles of flight. Now, within that question bank, there are 270-something questions. Now, on the overall principles of flight, from what I can see on one of the question banks, there's about 930-something-old questions on there. I'm going to be asked 44 mm. of them. Now... They're not all going to be on that one section, yeah. but they what they want you to do is have a general overview yeah, real, mm, yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you fail it, but you've learned an awful lot yeah. more. I mean, you yeah. really do um, get into it. Yeah. it. It's of this for me at the moment. That's all there is. Mm. All I am doing Monday, pretty much to Friday, is sat down at a desk with a computer screen and these books and colouring pencils and drawing little diagrams out (laughs) and trying to work out what things mean. However, the disadvantages to that are when you get stuck on a certain element, you haven't really got anybody to ask. No. And it's impossible to pick the phone up and say, hello there, I'm having trouble with a centre of pressure on an asymmetrical aerofoil. What does that mean? (laughs) It's impossible (laughs) to do it over the phone. You kind of need someone to come along... Put it on the board and say, yeah. right.
0: This is the equation. That's yeah. That's kind of what that means.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um and this is where the um since I've come into this aviation side of things, yeah. is the like-mindedness yeah. of everybody. You can pretty much go to everybody and say, look, I haven't got a clue what that means. Yeah. Any ideas?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, if he doesn't know, he might know. And if he yeah. doesn't know he might know. So he's
0: building a network of people who, who might be able to help you answer some of those questions. Yeah. yeah. Because the
2: one thing I've learned out of all of this, and I think being older yeah. has given me an advantage to it, is that you take the ego yeah. out of it. You say, right, I'm not sure of something. Yeah. I'm not sure about anything.
0: Ask. Yeah. Not afraid to ask.
2: Don't yeah. be afraid to ask. Why would you want to put yourself in the position yeah. of, right, I'm about to go off and I'm about to go and fly. I'm not 100% comfortable. I'm not 100% sure... But I'll press on yeah. anyway. Yeah. Oh, now I've caused myself a problem, which was avoidable.
1: One of the biggest uh, um, hurdles you were saying about earlier, uh, Jib, was um, before we start the show, was your medical, your actual CAA medical. The Ooh. joys of a CAA Me- yes. class
2: one yes. medical. Now, I wanted to do my commercial pilot's license, I'd like to be an instructor. Um, so I thought, right, well, the first thing I really ought to do is go and have a medical. Let's go and get this class one medical out the way. way, If I can get that, happy days. Or I start on all this training, I spend you know Mm. several quid on all this, and then find out that actually, no, you can't have your medical, sir. Yeah, oh. Um, but you're not going to get your money back. No, 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 no. So I said, Right, okay. So I made the appointment. I went down to the Civil Aviation Authority at Gatwick, yeah. Having made an appointment,
1: oh, so um, it's not a low, you can't just go to no, to anywhere around local. Then,
2: no, no, no. You can once you've got your license, right. Um, and interesting for a class one medical over the age of 40, you have to be retested every six months, really. Oh, yeah, gosh.
0: And, I don't suppose and that, that, and that cheap costs. Either. Oh yeah,
2: of course it does. <laughs> okay, of course it is aviation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, oh, there's a book yeah. on aviation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh,
2: that's three times the amount that anything else is.
0: So, so once you've done your initial um, uh, medical, then then it, it can be sort of retested using a local. Facility. Using a local, but you've got to yeah. go down to the CAA
2: first.
1: So yes. how intense? Uh, how intense was that then? The medical.
2: It's a good thing because it lets you know that you're kind of still alive and yes. quite healthy. <laughs> yeah. But the the eye test is actually quite um, uh, a long drawn out process. Mm, yeah. it's, it's not, there's nothing five minutes about this. No. You kind of get down, there, you're in this big imposing building. You're you're yeah. taken through with this this seemingly lovely lady that's, yeah. that's going to be really really lovely yeah. and really really helpful. Yeah. yeah. But, but she's going to decide got, your career, essentially. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. She's also got three or four other people to see that day. And it's You're getting right. near lunchtime. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she's, she's not that and hungry. attentive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you kind of go in there um, and it is a very thorough medical. Mm. If there is anything even remotely slightly that they think, well, we're not quite but sure are, about yeah. that. Um, could you come back and see one of our specialists? And it has to be one of our civil, civil mm. aviation mm. authority specialists. Yeah. Um, which we'd like you to pay them some more money yeah. to. Um I mean I don't want to harp on about it and I don't want to make it, it's the worst thing in the world. It's a good thing because you know yeah. that when you walk yeah. out of there when you're fit the and yeah. healthy. Yeah. But I've seen it and I've kind of been through it you go through these yeah. doors and potentially that's that is a bit of a crossroads there. Yeah. If this doesn't work, what's my plan? If this does work, okay, now it's it's getting a bit more serious yeah. now. You've gone from, this is my hobby, it's a really fun thing, I really love it and I really enjoy it, to, hang on, here we are, 10 o'clock at night, I've got that medical, now it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm sitting here reading all about gas diffusion laws, thinking, well, hang on a minute, you know, um, so it does get real, but this is what has now... It, it's all now about this this goal of this yeah. getting through these exams at the moment. That's all I can really think about. It becomes all-consuming.
0: Where where have you sort of flown to? I went to Chroma the other day from Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Um, okay. Again, helicopters. Yeah. Helicopters. We- what's, the, what's the sort of range on on the whole?
2: Again, with fixed wing, it's all about weight. Right. Um, Who I've got with me? How much fuel I've got? What's happening with the weather? Yeah. I've got the wind coming at me. Yeah. Uh, have I got the wind coming from behind me? Okay. Always makes that difference. It, it's it's weight yeah. all the time. Um, you could say in the Schweizer, yep. the little Hughes 300. Mm-hmm. There, I will burn ten and a half gallons an hour. Right. That's all I can really think about. So yeah. right, okay. I've got the wind coming from here. I do all my calculations, yeah. and it might be that okay, I can get 60, 70
0: miles right
2: okay. in that hour on yeah. that fuel if I can't get to there yeah. before I've ever got to refuel or I've got to look at coming back etc yeah. etc et um, I went to what's the furthest place I've flown it's probably Northampton gosh actually yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's not because again it's a helicopter so you, you want to get you can land anywhere yeah. mm. I regularly take off from Beckles and go and land in my back garden
0: right yeah because I can yeah, yeah. <laughs> we so fly <laughs> just down the road from here
2: we'll go and land at Ursham Hall yeah go and have a cup of tea Mm. Um, this afternoon we're looking at maybe going to Park Farm. Lovely, yeah. Um, you've got that. That's the advantage that you've got yeah. with a helicopter.
0: Yeah. You, don't you, need the, can, you don't need a landing strip yeah. essentially. You don't yeah. need
2: that landing strip. The other advantage you've got is you yeah. can always land into wind. Yeah. But if you've noticed on a on a um, on an airfield where yeah. you've got the runway, rule of thumb is that all your fixed wind guys have got to come yeah. down that runway. Well, we're a helicopter. We yeah. can come in to wind. I can follow the the track down yeah. on the runway, but the last, you know, 100 feet, if I want to start turning in the wind, yeah. there you go, and just keep going and forward keep going, and down. Yeah. I've always okay. got that advantage. Can get
0: it on the ground. Mm-hmm. Thinking, um, not horror stories as such, but have you had any experiences you'd like to forget, shall we say, in a helicopter? Yeah,
2: the 20-minute trial lesson I have. Right. <laughs> I'll be far <laughs> off now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I went with a fellow pilot. Yeah from little snoring where the yep. hell had gone for some yeah. servicing. North, North, yeah 70% yeah of all aviation accidents are human error right. by one form or another it's something that you really start getting into yeah. when you're getting into your commercial so anyway we've gone from little snoring yeah we're there I'm a low hour PPL yeah now until I have got my commercial pilot's license I will see myself as a low hour, yeah. private pilot, pilot, that is it. Yeah. Take all the ego out of yeah, it. Yeah, That's what it yeah. is. Every flight I am learning. Yeah. I regularly go up with my instructor again. Yeah. To it. I fly with other people Just sort of regularly, yeah. regularly, never assuming that, well, I'm a pilot now, yeah. off I go. Never yeah. assume that. We're a little snoring with a fellow pilot of mine. Yeah. Um, both low hour PPLs. Yeah. Right, so we're there. We know that the weather's not going to be too brilliant. So there we are. I'm trying to get the weather. And the joys of iPads and 3G, 4G, et cetera, et cetera. We're in Norfolk. Yeah. Norfolk and phone signals they don't. and mobiles, <laughs> no. they just don't yeah. mix yeah. for some reason. But they don't exist. So I'm trying to get the weather. Yeah. My colleague is trying to get the weather. And and we're kind of looking out and this guy's, yeah. shall we, shan't we, shall yeah. we, shan't we. Yeah, okay. A fixed wing pilot comes along with many, many, many hours of experience and says, well, if you go now, you'll be all right. Right. <laughs> we went, oh, okay, then Yeah. you've got more hours than us. You've got more experience. Therefore, off you go. So when we get started up, we lifted as we started coming out, a little snoring, It started. The, the rain started to come out. Well, there's that rain we were talking about. Yeah. Well, let's just keep going and we're going a little bit further. Remember about, well, I remember about 1,000 feet at the time. We're coming, uh, we're heading for the showground yeah. VRP, visual yeah. reference point from there, because yeah. we're looking at, right, we'll make that a point, yeah. then we've got a good fixing lot for, yeah. for back for beckles. Yeah. By which time now, there was one helicopter coming in, a rig helicopter. Right, yeah. He was coming in. He was coming in on the ILS. Yeah, and, and he's heading for the airport. He's coming airport. back in. Yeah. yeah, so he's on ILS because yeah. he visually can't see the airport. No. We can't see the airport. No. Right? We've still got. We are still VFR, so yeah. we're still visual flight rules because yeah. we can still, in between these broken clouds, we can still see the ground. Yeah, but it's not looking brilliant. No. Right? <laughs> then we've got this other guy on the radio in the distance shout, "Yeah, he, he requires special VFR." He's now in a bit of trouble. Right. He wants special VFR because he knows that he's starting to lose the ground a little yeah. bit here. He's, he he needs to build a picture up right. and put a plan together of how he's going to get out of there. Oh, right! <laughs> Meanwhile, me and my colleague are still going. <laughs> yeah, we'll be all right. will be all right. That'll yeah. be all right. But I remember saying, I said, "It's going to be quiet up here, isn't it?" Yeah. It's not until you've then after the event you yeah. then say. That was all avoidable, yeah. Because we were suffering from something that is recognised in the industry, known as pressonitis. Okay, <laughs> we'll keep going a little bit further. Yeah. We'll go a little bit further. Yeah. Now, bearing in this time, now we're now probably down to about seven hundred and fifty feet. Yeah, I've said to Norwich, Can you just kind of keep an eye on her. Yeah, we're low PPL. No, Do you require special VFR? Me and my colleague are sitting there thinking, what does special VFR mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah? Okay. If you don't use it, no, you will lose it. Eventually it's kind of right, we've had enough of this. Yeah. We need to get down on the ground yeah. now. Yeah. Your heart's going boom 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 boom. Your mind is going at a million miles an yeah. hour. You're not talking to each other. The weather is getting worse. Yeah. You realize that decision you should have made 10 minutes ago, turn around and get the hell out of there. Yeah. But you haven't got the experience. Yeah. You think you're going to be all right. Yeah. You're suffering with <laughs> Um You know, everything that shouldn't be happening is happening. So, okay, we're flying along, breaking the clouds. Yeah. Now, bearing in mind, if you've got the Showground VRP yeah. in sight and you're just going past that, You've got the A eleven on the left. Mm-hmm, yes. You've got the hospital that you're visual with the other side. There's woods everywhere. Yeah. You're looking down, and there you go. All you can see is this nice array of electricity pylons. Oh yay! Yeah, <laughs> and you can't. It's getting worse. Yeah. It's not brilliant. Yeah, and you're now starting to you know seriously contemplating praying yeah the male ego's getting in the way yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> oh, it'll be fine be, right. be fine breaking the clouds right green we're going for that yeah. Oh, yeah. down we go and by this time it was chucking it really? so we get down and just as we've landed we look behind us and we realize that we're on Dunstan Hall driving range as you do as you do <laughs> okay <laughs> now ah. at that point in all yeah. honesty I didn't care where I was no. I was down on the ground yeah. I was yeah. able to breathe again. Yeah, yeah, I was able to just take stock of what was going on. Yeah. In many ways, your your training yeah. and your survival mode has now taken over. Yeah. And when you then got down on the ground, right, great. So we then worked a plan out. We sat at Dunstan Hall for a little while. Mm. The guy at Dunstan Hall wasn't absolutely overjoyed. You're no, right, not the driving <laughs> right. yes. but for a good hour yeah. it rained torrentially. Really, it absolutely chucked it down. Yeah. And it was all coming from the direction of Beckles. Really? Right. So a good call. Was it a good call? Right. The next day, my colleague and I are talking to each other. Yeah. And it was a case of, right, whose fault was that then? Right. Oh, it's your fault. No, it's my fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. (laughs) And this is where that lesson came in where you take the ego out of it. What was avoidable? Right. You couldn't get the weather right. I really couldn't get the weather. Someone came in and influenced us. Yeah. So what we should have done is said, right, hang on, yeah. whoa. Because you're that initially... pilot in command thing again. Yeah. Captaincy. All these things that you're, you're taught, yeah. human performance, mm. you're taught this, but you haven't got into it yet. You don't really understand it because all you mm. want to do, PPL, I want to get in here and I want to fly. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I want a day like we've got today. Mm. We want to go out and we want to have a really, really good yeah. flight. But because I can see that it's nice and clear... Yeah. I probably might not check the weather as well as I could do. Mm. There's all these little things that that can be missed. Now, it's not to say that everybody does it. Mm. I'm sure I've done it. I haven't looked as well as I Mm. could have done. But this CPL thing and lessons I've learned from that is what have I learned? Right. Number one, never trust a weatherman. No. (laughs) Never trust air traffic. No. And never, ever, ever... Listen to another pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you are a pilot in command, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: and once you've left the ground, basically you've your law. Yeah. But the
0: buck stops with you, not it? The so, buck stops
2: yeah. with you. And if you've got passengers on there, yeah. they your responsibility. You have put them into that position. Yeah. So, you know, look at the bigger picture. Ask yourself. I do now ask myself every single time, right, okay, what are my options? Yeah. Here, have I checked that? If I haven't... Yeah. A checklist starting a helicopter I've started that helicopter up hundreds yeah. of times now. Do I look at the checklist every time? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> do Why? We? Because that way I don't miss anything. No. When I shut it down, yeah. check it because I don't miss anything. Yeah. If I have missed
0: something, the only person I've got to blame is myself. Well, it is sort of, it's, uh, you know, the, the assumption is the mother of all screw ups, isn't it? That's what they, they, they say. Yeah. Mm. Check yeah. the guy behind you.
2: Yeah. I don't know the guy behind me might have said, I've had enough yeah. today, I'll just put it on the ground and it hasn't shut it down correctly. Yeah. I need to I need to look at all that. Yeah. Because I've got the now responsibility of taking you up there. Yeah. And I say this to anybody else that takes me flying now. Yeah. And it's not it's nothing more than just saying, right, hang on a second. Yeah. You're my friend. Yeah. I really like you. Of yeah. course I want to go flying with you. Yeah. But convince me. Yeah. If I ask you and if I say to you, yeah. have you checked the weather? Yeah. Have you checked the NOTAMs? Have you um, done your weight and balance mm. correctly? Not that I'm trying to be clever or no, anything. No. I'm just no. saying, hang on a minute, yeah. just check this. Because I would almost expect you to ask it of me. Yeah. Mm. In the aviation industry, who has responsibility for safety?
0: Yeah, The pilot. Is Everybody. it? Well, the, the person who's flying the plane, I don't know.
2: Everybody. Everybody
0: it yeah. everybody yeah. and
2: think about this you do your fixed wing and you talk about um you know commercial aircraft going across the say well think about this whose responsibility is it if you're yeah. sat in the, if you're a passenger in the back of the plane and you smell something or you feel a rattling or you yeah. see something yeah. well you can't expect the pilot because he's at the front behind the yeah. locked yeah. Yeah. door yeah. you you know that pilot yeah. has the advantage if he's got 100 people on the back well, there's 100 sets of eyes out there yeah helping mm. we're all Truly. kind of helping yeah, each true, other yeah. we're all talking to each other it's not one person's responsibility it's everybody's and if you know as far as I can say when I did my first solo I was a, I was a test pilot Yeah, that was it that's where I wanted to be I was a test pilot I was it little did I know that okay I'm within a confined area I've yeah. got my instructor there at the end of a radio I've got someone watching me I'm at my home airfield everything's familiar yeah I wish I could have been doing that when there I am at a thousand feet in the air, visibility is disappearing, weather is deteriorating, and in all honesty, um, was it avoidable?
0: Yeah.
2: Yes, it was all avoidable yeah. because that little voice inside your head, which is you do the right one, was saying, "You can hang get on. Tr- hang on, yeah. just slow yeah. down. And to this day, whenever regularly I fly with my instructors, I did the other day was look, just slow yeah. down. I think I'm doing it slower because with a helicopter, whatever you're doing slowly, you do it even slower. Yeah.
1: Going, uh, going on to the uh, the whole learning process and stuff. Where, where, where? What, what's your future plans now for you? Obviously, you're going for your track your um, CF. Is it CFR? You- no, no, no. Like, right. Okay. Where am I going to?
2: First of all, I've got to get. All these exams out of the way mm. first. These exams, um, I am doing them full-time, but it is modular learning, which means kitchen table yeah. learning. Um, I would hope by the end of the year, I've got all that done. Um, there is an awful lot of work. Um, we all learn at different rates. We all understand things at different rates. Mm. You know, If I pass everything first time, mm. hopefully by the end of the year, we've got that nailed yeah. I then have got, uh, I think it's 35 hours of flying to do with an instructor yeah. and then a test at the end of that. Four hours or five hours of that flying will be instruments at night. Wow. One of those hours will be uh, solo cross country at night. As I understand it, yeah. do not hold me to that. <laughs> as I understand it. Yeah. Which I'm not looking forward to no, because, again, yeah. you, you get older and you yeah. think, why would I want to do that? Why would, why would I want I to put myself night? in that position? Right? <laughs> Flying at I night. Have, yeah. I have. Know, I know this now. I have no intention
0: yeah.
2: of wanting to fly at night <laughs> whatsoever.
0: I want to enjoy the view. Yeah? Why would I want to do right. that at night? It's yeah.
2: like, all right, again, you're studying for your exams. Subsonic stuff going on. I'm flying a helicopter. I'm not going subs. <laughs> <laughs> You're reading your human performance. Well, there we are. Yeah. We're getting hypoxic above yeah. 10, 12. <laughs> I'm in a helicopter. Yeah, you know, yeah. straight away your brain yeah. goes, I yeah. don't really need yeah. to know that. because that, That's I'm, not quite true. So but right. you need to know yeah. it. You need to know it. So once I've then got my um, commercial part out of the way, um, then I can jump on to the instructor yeah. rating. That is my goal. What I actually want is having had and been through that experience yeah. um, of coming up there one day, not knowing anything about helicopters, and a year later, there's your license. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you start learning. Yeah. Um, that's where very quickly you start forgetting things. Yeah. Um, but I would like to have the opportunity of someone else comes through the door one day and says, hello, I'd like to fly a helicopter, yeah. and I go... All right,
1: I'll take you. Passing on all your experience you've got onto someone else. Yes, but learned experience. Uh, experience. Let's not make it up as you go along. Um,
2: Well, again, you know, I've been through the first solo I ever did. Scared myself to death.
1: That's one of the questions I was going to ask you as well, because I had my first solo, as you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And they say, "I mean, I definitely won't." It's not uncommon that in a hurry.
2: to see fixed wingers on their first solos crying. <laughs> it's not uncommon, Carl. Did you cry, Carl? Slightly, <laughs> slightly. Yeah. When I got home, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big yeah, thing, isn't it? Yeah. Be, yeah. It's an emotional big, yeah, big yeah. thing. I, I
1: stood right just here in the kitchen. <laughs> I just <stood laughs> a bag, it, of, yeah, yeah, bag that's of nothing. Yeah. yeah. So you, you remember your first solo? Then uh how, how long ago was that? And uh, what was that like? Oh.
2: <sighs> it's on It's on YouTube funnily enough is it? oh yeah um, but anyway uh, what happened right the helicopter in general your first solo is believe it or not just hovering instructor okay. gets out because now you've got that weight shift Yeah. so the instructor gets out you hover up to sort of like 5-10 feet hold it there back down on the ground you might go up again back down right that's it you've just hovered you, you've you soloed you were pilot in command for 0.1 equivalent yeah. to 6 minutes yeah you're an astronaut there you yeah. go. Happy days. <laughs> so then you do, your, you do your training for your circuits. Yeah. Similar for fixed swing, you are constantly practicing everything that could go wrong. Yeah. The flying is almost secondary yeah. to, right, you come up here, you get an engine failure, what are you going to do? If you haven't got enough speed on, what are you going to do? If the wind's coming from this direction, what are you going to do? Where are your options if you're not high enough? Yeah. All these types of things come in. And I was absolutely fine. Yeah. I was banging around and we hey. Yeah. Um, Instructor jumps out. And I think famously what actually happened was the instructor stood there and, and for a good three or four minutes. Now, if you have a problem with this, yeah. you can do that. If you have an option with that, you can do that. If this goes wrong, you can do that. And then at the end of it, it says now, Enjoy it. (laughs) Now at that point I was listening to nothing because what's happened is my brain's here, and someone has now just filled me with all this stuff of what could go wrong. (laughs) So I did the circuit, down we came, I landed. Now when I once I'd landed, in all honesty, physically and mentally, I could not have handled any more information? I couldn't have done anything more. I just sort of can't Right, Just leave me alone. I just need to. Yeah, wh- just need a minute. All this. I scared the bloody life out of myself because yeah. I thought to myself, <laughs> I have no business being up here. <laughs>
0: whatsoever. <laughs> Who do I think I am? Yeah. You know. But the good news is, you got over that. <laughs> took a while. Yeah. Took a while. Yeah.
2: Um That's a whole different. Yeah. You know. That, that's a, that's a good hour long conversation about. The process yeah. about all that, but yeah, okay, we got over that. Did the first solo, left it there again. Then you just do more training. Yeah. Then eventually, it's a case of right in. You come right rather than having your general lesson. Yeah. It's a case of instructor saying to you, right, go, ahead, start it up. Give me three circuits. Yeah. So up you go, round land, mm. do that three times. Come back in, shut down. Yeah. So effectively, you've done that. You've done that, Yeah. Um, once you've then done that, then you're starting to plan towards your qualifying cross-country flight. Yeah. Now, helicopters from Beckles will go from Beckles up to Norwich. We'll land at Norwich. We'll have the what they call the £36 cup of coffee.
0: Right. Landing fees. <laughs> I see. The yes. joys <laughs> of landing fees. Yes. Especially
2: right. when you go to an airfield regularly. Yeah. You contribute regularly to this airfield <laughs> and you can add and they still charge you an exorbitant excessive landing fee. You know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you land? Yeah. You know. Okay. So you think you think you have
0: friends? Yes, apparently not. Yes. yes.
2: But anyway, uh, moving on swiftly. Yeah, quick.
0: Before we're all in trouble. Yes.
2: Well, yeah, you land there and then from Norwich, you then go down to Cambridge. Cambridge. Is that
1: Marshalls at Cambridge you go to, or or the yeah, big airfield Whether it's Marshalls still now? Yeah, yeah, it is yeah, the, the, yeah. the main that there. area. So
2: yeah. you land there, you're going to refuel from there, and then you're going to come back to Beckles. I think you go down the south end. Do you know south, and south end. end? Yeah, Norwich and south end. Yeah, Norwich and south end. Yeah, you have to do longer than we. Yes. Do, I think. Mm. Um That's why it costs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: and then you come back and you get a bill for about nine hundred quid. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've got that to look forward to. Oh, have okay. you? Oh, okay. Now your fixed wing,
2: it'll be about £3.50, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, teaches you more things. It teaches you the fact that, hang on a minute, if things go wrong here, what am I going to do? I am responsible for this. Yeah. You, I think you lose the fear of the radio. Yeah. Anybody on a particular day that flies over or anywhere near Lake and Heath. He's always in for a treat because yeah. you never know what you're going to get. No, I bet. Um Flying back to Northampton this week, I had someone with me, and between the two of us, we were trying to decipher what Lake and Heath were saying because yeah. the, the readability was like <laughs>
1: <point> 0.5. Right. <laughs> oh blimey.
2: The the speed of which they shoot it out. Yeah. I mean, it just gets to the point where I can't yeah. understand yeah. you. My qualifying cross country. Yeah. <laughs> loved yeah. Love this. I came out of Norwich. Norwich, because you've got the word, you have the word prefix of student. Right. Yeah. Student. So there I am, student, helicopter, golf, India, Romeo, Yankee. I'm deliberately doing it slower. Yeah. As what's supposed to happen is the receiver is yeah. supposed to respond
0: slower. slower. Right.
2: Norwich have said, right, go on route with Lakenheath. Okay. Yeah. So I'll tell you, you know, you're you up there. Subconscious taking massive deep breaths. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay,
0: Lake yeah. I do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Reach it. Right. Here we go, right? <clears throat> Are you ready?
2: Lake and Heath, mats, right? Get this right, yeah. <laughs> student <laughs> helicopter, golf, <laughs> India, Romeo, Yankee, Charlie, requesting basic service, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm
0: sorry. What? what? Yes. I, uh, is that a yes? Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> Say again. Yeah. Student golf, yeah, you know, or student helicopter go I just get yeah, yeah, doing yeah. It. So this guy is just getting quicker and more okay. irate. I can't understand him. Yeah. Now I go. Okay, Everyone, we're training up to now. I'm pilot in command. Yeah. This is my responsibility. Yeah. It's his responsibility. I've I've been for the for the evening up at the radio e radio yeah. thing at uh
0: Norwich. Uh, yeah.
2: What have they said to you? Just have a conversation. You're yeah. sitting here, we're looking at each other, we're having a conversation. Yeah. Ask me, what is it you want? Yeah. but we're now on the radio, so yeah. what do you want? Yeah. Right. So I'm asking for a basic service. Now if you're just gonna come back and fire numbers, digital yeah. stuff at me that I cannot understand, yeah. what is my only option? Yeah. So again, so eventually I got to the point. Yeah.
0: Okay, right.
2: Well, I went mean, Right, yes, student, yes, helicopter, yes. and I slowed and I labored yeah, yeah, yeah. this thing out. <laughs> what comes back? Squawk four, mm. one, five, four, All right? <laughs> so I put the squawking, yeah, squawking for, and I deliberately yeah, kept yeah. it slow. Right, once we'd then done that, it says, right, student golfing, jolly, can go yeah. on route with no, uh. Cambridge. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> For some reason, I never know why I did this. I got very posh all of a sudden. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much for your help. It's been a wonderful pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been such an uh, emotional And <laughs> then I went with Cambridge. Yeah. But my fear of the radio from that day on disappeared. Right. Because when I was down at Cambridge, I filled up from there. When I was departing Cambridge, he says, and again, you know, you're, you stress levels up. You know, yeah. you're doing a big thing. You yeah. are on your own. Yeah. You've, you you have know, your instructor said to you, well, g- give me a ring from Cambridge. Yeah. I, well, you know, oh, you should be back by now. Pressure. Yeah. You know, well, what, what, what have I done wrong? Yeah. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm having the best day of my life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm still alive. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. And you're giving me this. Yeah. So uh, he calls me up. I called him up. Um, he says, right, well, you, you need to be getting back here. Yeah. The reason he wanted me back is because he had something to do that
0: evening, and I know he wanted, to, right. wanted me back. <laughs> so. You think it would just be a quick flight? Yeah, a quick
2: flight. So, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about 40 minutes back from there. Yeah. So I'm sat at Cambridge, spoken to Cambridge. 40 minutes. That's that's.
0: You see, that's wow. that's the thing with me, because I'm a coach driver by, by, by trade. trade and, yeah. and the fact that you can go to Cambridge and back.
2: If you're through, a coach driver, yes. yeah, now, we're uh, pilots, yeah? Yes. Awareness, situational awareness, big thing. Yeah, you're a coach driver. Yeah. Just outside of your coach, on the right hand side, there's mirrors.
0: Yes, 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 I do use them.
2: When you're contemplating pulling out, just have.
0: Yeah. No, i do. just have a look. I do. I do. I do. Just I'm, have a look. I am quite. I can't yeah. promise anything. Yeah. What, he's, one of, he's, one of <laughs> he's one of the best. He's one of the best. More than once a day. Yeah. Yeah. Just have a look. Well, I check I check yeah. out, I check. him in the morning. Yeah. What would you want? Maybe Just a uh,
2: quick bit through the highway code about pulling out into traffic. <laughs> 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 because oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, dear. We've opened a can of worms oh, there, haven't no, we? It's quite <laughs> can of worms. But anyway, I'm at Cambridge and yeah. I say to them, right, okay, I'm ready for departure. And he says to me, right, from where. Cambridge Tower is, and where you get your you get your fuel from, you're by the fire station. Yeah. you've then got you, you the little taxiway, then you've got the con- uh, you've got the concrete. Yeah. then you've got a grass runway, and then yeah. right in the far distance, you can see, kind of the the boundary of the yeah. airfield. And I've got to the end of the day, you know, I've had, it's, it's a hot yeah, day, yeah. it's a long day. On I'm, yeah. I'm kind of getting a bit frayed I just yeah, you know, I want to get this done, but I've still got to stay on top on of the top, on the top of the game here. And he says, right, okay, taxi down here, vacate this, jump over that. And I said, right, you just want me to just go straight ahead over the runway, over the tarmac, over the grass, over the hedge and turn left back towards Norwich. Yep, I want you to do that. Fine, fine. <laughs> like, why why did you just say that? Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> because it has went. to be said in yeah. a certain way. It has to be said on the way. So I'm on the way back, he then says to me, "Okay, yeah, um suggest you go on route with Lake and Ethel." Like,
0: no, oh, no way. Well, look, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, go, not I'm going. With, I'm going on with what.
2: I'm going on with Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah. on with Watersham <laughs> Watersham by this time a chuck for the evening. Right. Okay. okay, fine. But again, bit of practice. Hmm. What if? And I'm a great one for asking. What if? You know, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do? London Information
0: yeah.
2: jumped on with them. I was too far from Norwich at the time. London Information yeah. had a chat with them all the way back. Fantastic, brilliant. Yeah, you know, got back to Beckles, and I think that night I'd slept better yeah. than I had done <laughs> yeah, the night before <laughs> in a long, long time. Yeah, a yeah. bit. But it is, it's, I th- I think, and then I made the fatal mistake of saying to my wife, you know, I think it's the biggest thing I've ever done.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> uh, can open worms everywhere. <laughs> nearly two years
2: later, that still gets mentioned. Yeah, I can imagine. But it is. Yeah. It, 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 it is a huge thing to yeah. have that responsibility. Yeah. And you've got all your eggs in that basket. You can yeah. think about nothing else mm. except, right. And when you get back, you have achieved something yeah. that is...
0: And it doesn't matter if it's in a fixed But yeah. well, And it, it's yeah. something that I'm never going to be able to, you know, I mean. That, you that, never know. Yeah, well, never, no. ever, ever, ever it's say like, never. Because mm.
2: there is always something yeah. you can do. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to be a bus driver. No. But I could. <laughs> if I went out and learned how to do it, yeah. I could. True, I suppose. You know? And yeah. I'd look in my mirror. That,
0: <laughs> harsh but fair. That, that's the thing that when we, we we have these chats and and you're getting on the, getting on a plane and you're going mm. to Mallorca and that kind of thing. And for me, that's what really highlights the, the the difference between aviation and road transport is the fact that you can get back from was it forty minutes from Cambridge back to it was about forty minutes. Yeah, back we to, to Beckles.
2: Beckles to Northampton in an yeah. hour and five. Yeah. Would have been quicker if yeah. we had the wind, wind. Yeah. coming at us and we had a little diversion. Mean, and that, that that's walk. the
0: thing that that, that that I I struggle to appreciate. That 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 number is tiny. I mean, I'm limited obviously to sort of between fifty and sixty miles an hour, depending on whether it's your carriageways and, and traffic yes. and things like that. You know, and, and I'm lucky if I can do that in an hour and sort of well, probably nearly two you know, like an hour and twenty minutes. I mean it's uh, it, it, it's scary how quick so what, what's the average sort of miles i, I know it's not measured in Top miles speed or you know, is it you know, knots, how many knots. miles an hour are we talking about roughly like when you're when you're traveling <laughs> again difficult because okay, of weather and in, stuff in the
2: in the schweizer in the 300 yeah. um i'm averaging looking around 70 knots i can i can go yeah. up to 90 knots but averagely yeah. around 70
0: um, what does that translate to? as, as Miles the, per hour. God, no idea. Okay. That is is not my strong point. No, <laughs> indeed. Somebody Google it. <laughs> questions questions <laughs> at a postcard because I can't think of that no, right now. No, no, no. It's just, um,
2: yeah. Just... The, the uh, 44 um, is around 100 knots um, mm. is what I'm looking at cruising at. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that dial. However, again, I've also got ground speed. Because mm. if i have got the wind coming at me, I might have an indicated airspeed.
0: But the ground speed is um, oh. so you said, so roughly ninety knots. This is just a very rough calculation. Is looking at one hundred and three miles an hour, basically. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> yes, see, see, Jim's the there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what I thought.
1: Yeah, good. <laughs> so round off the hour, then, uh, Jim. Yeah. All the listeners, or the young younger listeners, I, I should think. I'd imagine, yeah, that, or anyone who's um, thinking about um, taking up obviously flying helicopters and stuff like that, like what you've done, your training and stuff. What kind of, apart, put aside the cost, we'll forget yeah. the cost at the minute, but yeah. what sort of inspirational words as such could you give to someone who's thinking maybe of, um, they'd like to, go, they'd out like to go out and do this?
2: It's a very personal thing to hold a license. The day you are given, you, you, someone says to you, an examiner says, okay, you are proficient enough to pass. Right. To hold that license is a privilege. Yeah. You individually have worked very, very hard for that your nearest and dearest with all the best intentions can't really understand <laughs> what it is that you did to achieve that you went through an awful lot of physical monetary and emotional stuff to get it and when you get it it is an absolute privilege and you want to do everything you can to protect yeah that the journey to it is fraught with all those things again it's 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 practical it's physical it's mental it's it's emotional um the bottom line is you can do whatever you want to do you just have to go and learn to do it no one will give this no to no. you that's a really important thing
0: so you've got to work hard for it if you, you really want to do it if you want
2: it, this you say, it's the same with yeah. anything if, if you want it you will find a way yeah. and you will you're given the opportunity you take that opportunity and yeah. you you work hard at it and you do it yeah. you can do anything you want to do you've if just you just got to go yeah. and learn how to yeah. do it if i was 17 18 now yeah. what would i do i'd if i could
0: yeah
2: go back i'd join the military yeah. Why? Because it gets paid for. Yeah. I get to fly some really cool stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's big stuff. I get to fly some really cool, big stuff really fast, and I get to fire stuff from like it yeah, as well, yeah. which would <laughs> be quite good. Um, yeah. But I'd have to join the military to be yeah. able to do that. Mm. But I need to be of a certain ilk. I need yeah. to be in the right place at the right yeah. time, right, et, cetera, right et, cetera. Night, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the opportunities and the yeah. doors that it will open mm. will be phenomenal, and it probably wouldn't cost me anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because
2: yeah. um, the opportunities once have left yeah. as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Helicopter pilots are, there is kind of that, well, there is a shortage of them. Is there, isn't there, are yeah. they wanted and the one there. There's yeah. opportunities. It's all over the world. Never yeah. limit yourself. You just think, right, I fly at Beckles. I will always fly yes. at Beckles. Mm. Um, one of the guys at, at Beckles, I mean, he was flying out in California recently. Wow. <laughs> mm. You know. Once you've got that license, that license is pretty much good for anywhere in the world. Really? So if I've got the offer, we're going um, off to America again this this year, um, where my wife and I've got another place. We're looking at, I should do some flying out there. Cool. It's the only way to travel, I think, isn't it? Well, yeah, mid-May, two or three of us from Beckles at the heli there are looking at going out to Sloan's at uh, uh, Mallorca, they are, and doing some mountain
0: flying. Wow. You know, they've got floats and that's going oh, to land in the sea. Ex- that'd be an experience. It's an experience. Yeah. It's
2: an opportunity. And it's, it's, if you can do it with your mates.
0: Yeah. Even eat so much better. You know, it's yeah. a happy day. But you yeah. do
2: find wherever you go, how do you know when there's a pilot in the room?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> go on. He'll
2: tell
1: you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And that sounds like a perfect place to bring this to an end. Yes, yeah, so. we'll bring
1: the show to it. So uh, just before we uh, finish off the uh, interview, this part of the show then, Jim, where can people find out more about, uh, well, learning to fly? Yeah. Helicopters, there's pretty much only one place
2: in the whole of Norfolk yeah. and pretty much Suffolk. Yeah, uh, Plug Which away. is, is Virage Helicopter Academy based at Ella Airfield. Yeah. There is a Facebook page for it. Yeah. There is a website for us. We're usually, we're going to be at Herringham Hall again this year. I could suggest that you just phone, speak to Mandy on the reception there. She can get you booked in for a trial lesson. We do 20 minute, we do half an hour, we do 45 minute, we do an hour. To get an idea and get a good feel of it, we try and give a whole experience up there. You're given the safety briefing, uh, given a cup of tea, you might -hmm. even get a biscuit if you're lucky wow so um, yeah so
0: if you, if you want to get in touch with them then it's uh, www.virage-heli.co.uk and their contact details 0845 415 4157 and we'll put those
1: in the show notes as well yeah, um, for the show notes on the iTunes site for when you download you call, uh, the
0: details yeah. will be on there absolutely. Jim it's been an absolute pleasure yes Jim thank, thank you, thank you for joining us in the
1: studio it's been an absolute pleasure I'm sure the listeners are going uh, yeah. to love listening to, uh, to you chat away yeah. yes. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure we'll the guys at uh, at Ryanair are going to be uh, downloading this and listening to you as well because you've got so many fans (laughs) I'll
0: be a fan club
1: so we're going to leave this part of the show then and uh, we're going to come back to you after this Aviation media has long been the domain of the
2: newspapers
1: and magazines
2: (laughs) well not anymore I'm
0: Steve Fisher. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio.
2: Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out.
0: How cool is this? Crash, crash,
2: turn that down.
1: what is cricket anyhow something we win a lot oh, there oh. <laughs> right so we're going to bring this episode number 52 to a close yep. of the Plain Talking UK podcast Indeed. thanks very much for listening everyone we hope you've enjoyed the show yep. and we hope you enjoyed our interview with Jim Indeed. Uh, don't forget you can Find us on Facebook. Uh, look for us on Facebook, Plain Talking UK Podcast, and follow us on Twitter as well. And you can also catch us on our website. Which yeah, is it's
0: HTTP colon forward slash forward slash ww plain talking uk P L A N E dot co dot uk. Yes, find us on there.
1: Send us some uh, voice feedback or yep. some uh, feedback via the website. That'd be great so uh, that's it then for episode 52 thanks everyone for listening
0: I need to lie down
1: and you need to lie down I'm (laughs) so tired now so from uh, me Carlos it's a very very blue sky and excellent time for flying Uh, goodbye
0: yeah absolutely Yeah, happy flying everyone if you're lucky enough to be up in the air this afternoon you've got a cracking day for it this fine Sunday morning so that's it then so goodbye from me goodbye bye